We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, here to talk to you again about our sponsor on the show, MyBookie. Uh, it's really just the best place for you to bet online on any type of sports. All you got to do is head over to Google, type in MyBookie, head to their site, use our code SHARK25. You're going to get $25 bonus cash. You're going to get a deposit match on deposits of $100 or more. Uh, and, and you're going to be able to jump right into it and start betting on college football, college basketball, uh, NFL, NBA, anything that, uh, that you might want to. They have all kinds of other stuff on there too. Like I said, it's a great and easy site to use. Um, you know, I wouldn't be telling you to use it if it wasn't something that I myself use and enjoy. And you've heard us use it here on the show. We do our lines of the week. Um, really, there's nothing not to love with my bookie, and especially not the great bonuses you're going to get when you use our code Shark25. Just remember, at my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. Let's get on to the show. Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. Back from Thanksgiving vacation, football is over, John is back in the country, so much going on. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host so we can jump right into it. John Stefanczyk is with us. How you doing, buddy? I should have signed up for, I guess, I, you know, this is bad to say on a show where we're sponsored by my bookie, but... <laughs> Don't do it. Don't I don't do it. I don't bet on sports. I like okay. to do hypothesize what the lines are but sure. I don't actually so this isn't a my bookie thing this is just mm-hmm. i don't agree with it but i should have signed up gotten the free money and laid it on state 12 and a half because that was the that, that was, was free money that was free money it's not too late to sign up and i should say we didn't we didn't have a show last week because uh traveling um but they actually did have an insane deal i'm sorry uh armchair all americans i know i'm not helping advertising the deal now but there was a crazy thing on Thanksgiving, with the um, the Lions, who the Lions play on Thanksgiving? The played uh, the Bears. Yeah, the Lions Bears game. You could bet on that game, and if you lose, you got your money back, and if you win, you got the you got the winnings. Isn't that crazy? Oh. That was a my bookie promotion. So oh, I shit. hope uh, some of you listeners out there that have used our code in the past are able to take advantage of that. Pretty cool, and and really, you know, just an extension of the pre-show commercial here. It's uh, it's a great site. If you're gonna use it, use our code Shark25. All right. Back to what we were talking about. How was your Thanksgiving, John? How was Germany? Welcome back to Ole Miss and the United States. It, it was good. Kind of long haul Wednesday to get back, and mm. but good good to be back here for a couple weeks. Um, good Thanksgiving. We did a big brisket. Mm. Um, Sounds nice. Good and uh, good and buzzed. The Cowboys have won three out of four, which I'm pissed about. Most my. my uh, uh, stale Cowboys fandom got interest by the f- rumor that uh, 
if they miss the playoffs, Jerry wants to go hire Lincoln Riley, which would be mm. somebody not named Jason Garrett right. coaching. Right. But uh, what do they do? They, they go out. They also went and traded for Amari Cooper. Which I was about said. to ask. I was about to ask, what's your early take on that trade? I mean, he's playing well in Dallas, but a first-round pick, kind of a high price to pay. Well, he's playing well. Here, here's the thing. We, we got in, and we had had this debate years ago on the, this podcast was – Cooper, I think it was 2014, his last year, Kiffin ran at least 40% of the offense through Amari Cooper. And they won the title that year with the – well, no, no, uh, they won the title in 15. Right, I remember this. I remember this debate. The the question was whether or not – it was him versus Laquan Treadwell, right? Whether or not they just ran the offense through so much that he was able to get those stats. He clearly is better than Laquan Trowell. Come on. That, that That's obvious now that they've both been in the NFL. I, I concede that argument. I mean, Cooper was a guy that they ran 40% of the offense through in the SEC. It's like he can be – made all the sense for him to be a number one receiver in the NFL to me. Uh, goes to Oakland, had a good first year and a half or so, I guess. But with Del Rio and Gruden – Gruden's in the process of totally wrecking that franchise. I don't think anybody disputes that right now. Um, you think, you some, think so? You don't believe in a rebuild? Why He's getting a lot of picks together. Don't trade Khalil Mack. Yeah. But, I mean, Ooh. what if in three years the team that he drafts is just insane? I mean... Trust the process. If it works out, it works out, but... I know, yeah. Well, point it's worked out for the Cooper, Bears. It, it's gotten to a point with the current roster in Oakland where a change of scenery makes sense. Um, so that could be – I mean, I could see Cooper being a good player for the Cowboys. I always thought he was good in college. Um, it seems to kind of have a different personality, which, frankly, I mean, the alpha in Dallas is the owner. So right. it doesn't need to be the players. So – I don't mind the trade. It's they, they do seem better. What pisses me off is Garrett, especially in a crappy NFC East. There's a decent chance he's going to make the playoffs. And, yep, and he's never leaving. You're stuck with him forever. Probably keep his job. Now, if Jerry, if they lost the first game and Jerry was hell-bent, he wanted Lincoln Riley and felt like he had to make a move to get him, then, then who knows? Anything's possible with Jerry, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to get – somewhat re-engaged with the world of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah. The defense has actually gotten pretty good. The question, I mean, what's that going to be? Mm-hmm. He's not – you can't go pay him $25 million a year. He's not that type of player. But it's kind of interesting because I, I don't think Ole Miss fans were totally right when they talked about Dak. You know, well, obviously they're wrong when they said stuff like Dak would never take a snap in the NFL, Dak would never start in the NFL. Clearly wrong there. At the same time, it's not like the the rookie Dak that everybody thought was going to be, you know, the next great young quarterback. I don't think that's necessarily bearing out either. It's kind of in the middle. Can he be Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Because Russell Wilson's evolved into a pretty good you know, I'd say the next tier of quarterback. And if you can, and if you can get them for the right price, mm-hmm. then you can build the rest of the team. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl, right? That's possible. Exactly. I mean, he, when he was, it was when he had his rookie deal, not paid a lot. They had a stout defense. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you can pay Dak. And then Marshawn Lynch. You can pay Dak 10, 12 million long-term. Maybe that's, well, that allows you to have a team more 
um, you know, a deeper team around them. That's we'll interesting. See. Interesting comparison for sure. All right. So after the Cowboys game, on to the main event. Of course, we're talking about the nastiest rivalry in college football. Set the stage a little bit. Uh, last week we didn't we didn't record uh, or not last week now, but week eleven. Uh, Ole Miss loses to Vanderbilt in overtime. Some controversial I'll, I'll, calls. I want to thirty seconds on that game. Okay, go for it. Were you were were you annoyed at all that they? Do you feel like they got screwed? Do you feel like were you annoyed that they lost that game, or were you just like whatever? No, I wasn't. I wasn't annoyed. I I was more annoyed at the narrative that it all came down to that one call or whatever, where you know Ole Miss had the the stat that everybody's been talking about that is very relevant still. Is like seven red zone trips, one touchdown. I mean, that's red, that's gonna kill red you. Red zone genocide. That's, that's gonna be the name I give it. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't know how you blame anybody but yourself and your offense the situation. The funny thing about this season, we should mention Wesley McGriff fired the sun or the Friday following the egg ball on Thanksgiving. Um, we'll obviously get into that later on in the show, but the the defense for how terrible it was uh, through a lot of the season it really wasn't the reason that Ole Miss lost some of the toss-up games like South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, A&M. Those were all games where the defense, no, it wasn't It wasn't good, but it was good 40, enough. They gave up 48 to Carolina. I can't, but I know what you're but, saying. But the defenses, they got the stops when they needed to, and the offense let them down. It's supposed to yep. be this dynamic offense that can drive the field and win a game, and they weren't able to do that in the A&M or the USC games, and then in overtime against Vanderbilt, the same story. I'm with you. They, they could have easily won those. And, and think about how different. I mean, we're bouncing around here, but whatever. Well, that's the whole point. That's fine. This, exactly. I mean, think about how different the conversation would be right now if they had won. They had won two of those games. They'd be seven and five, mm-hmm. and okay, they they were better. They once found a way to win some games in November versus right now. I think it's it, better, but you still have the bad taste in your mouth because the Egg Bowl was. I mean, it, you know, frankly, frankly, thirty-five to three becomes even a bigger issue. Right, it, it looks even worse in that situation. It, it kind of made sense with the lead up, the fact that Ole Miss is playing for a meaningless sixth win. Uh, State obviously has has a terrible taste in their mouth from last season, uh, and the Fitz injury and all that. And I mean, I just I, I gotta say, man, like I, I feel like State and this goes both ways in a rivalry, but they always want to say. That Ole Miss is the dirty one. Ole Miss is the one ramping up toxicity and stuff. It is it is out of control, and I think a lot of it starts over on their side. Like Fitzgerald talking before the game about how he has to double tape his ankles because Ole Miss is going to try to intentionally hurt him and stuff. Like This is just stuff that you don't see in other rivalries. Again, we're jumping around. After the game, Michael Thompson getting in a fight with uh, the state players, allegedly calling someone a thug, and then Joe Moorhead being recorded saying, like, the fucking big mouth AD, I didn't start shit. And, and Joe Moorhead after the game being like, yo, we're going to play with Klaus, we're not going to take any shit either. Like, it's just, uh, this whole rivalry is just completely stupid and messed up at this point. Um, you know, apparently SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is going to have John Cohen and Ross Bjork in his office to talk to each other and talk out the toxicity or something like it's yeah, that's going to go really well. It's just silly. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Obviously we saw it culminate the end of the third quarter. Uh, AJ Brown appeared to score a touchdown, whole different dumbass set of situations there. Um, The DB basically lets him doesn't let him, but gets, gets uh, abused a little bit for 10 yards and AJ scores the end of the quarter, um, the DB refuses to let go of the ball. It leads to a big fight. 
again, this is a situation where state players are claiming some sort of a high ground. I'm not sure how. Like they were, they were very clearly all game. You know, going after AJ, trying to hit him late after the play, pull him down, trying to trying to start stuff with them, and they got the fight they wanted there. Obviously, it was very funny um, hearing the referee assess personal fouls against every player of both teams was was a classic. Uh, the fact the play didn't count at all was kind of the cherry on top of the whole situation because the referees had failed to uh, signal the end of the quarter, which I thought was interesting. I kind of thought that at least the way they were making it seem on TV, the ref looks at the clock, the ref looks down at the ball. If it's not snapped, snapped he blows his whistle. It makes it seem like how could they undo that? It's on the ref to end it, right? But apparently not. The touchdown comes off the board. Not that it would have mattered in the end result of the game anyway, but you know it was more just something that you wanted to see A.J. Brown get for himself. Uh, because he's really taking uh, a lot of abuse on social media. You know, no state fan will ever mention A.J. Brown without saying, you know, what, one and two against state, never played in a bowl game, never had a winning record, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it's funny, right, because he, he could have gone to state and been, you know, as good as their NFL wide receivers, right? They have so many of them. So uh, it's just the whole rivalry is just in a shitty place right now. Obviously, you can trace it back to, State having a player actively playing on their team that testified that he received benefits from Ole Miss for basically no reason. Like, no one was going to make him say that. You know, he, he gets immunity and, and testifies that. He's volunteering it. It, it, it. I think Dan Mullen put him up to it. Um, there's a, a sufficient evidence to uh, make that yeah. assumption. Um, so I, I think Sankey needs to look in the mirror a little bit on this one. Yeah, and, I'm going to take us off in the weeds for a minute. Why did Dan Mullen put him up to do that, do we think? I don't know if Dan Mullen thought he was going to get out when he got out. Yeah, I think Dan Mullen maybe was getting a little desperate and thinking, okay, I got I to gotta make sure that at least I'm safe in this job. I can't be losing to Ole Miss all the time. You're probably right because Freeze was – Freeze was looking one. good when it, when it all went down. It was around draft night, right? And draft night was after Peach Bowl, Sugar Bowl, back to back, back to back wins over Bama. When did Leo talk to them? It was after. It was the summer after draft night because they reopened the investigation supposedly because of draft night. But in the end, the new allegations had nothing to do with Tunsil or the draft, but they did have to do with Leo and the immunity interviews. So they had. So yeah. Right. And so that next. So okay. So that following. Ole Miss uh, was coming off the Sugar Bowl. Coming off the Sugar Bowl, the next year, just signed, is, and it just signed a top ten recruiting. The class. next year is the five and seven year. That January is when the hostage video is released, and that is in response to Leo Lewis uh, booster. I forgot yeah. the number. It's it's. He said ten thousand dollars. He said rebel rags. He said funkies. All those allegations are what leads to the hostage video in January. So you have to think Mullen is devising this plan. Uh, around the time of the draft, right around there, what, whoever is, you know, allegedly, yeah. whatever, whatever. Whoever puts Leo Lewis up to you know, contacting Mike Sheridan and saying, oh, I can testify against Ole Miss, and all you have to do is give me immunity. Um, we, we won't get even more into the details of that case we've talked about it here so many times, but obviously the SEC was complicit in that, the whole immunity deal going on. Um, I just I, I don't really know how Greg Sankey can act like he's shocked that the rivalry is in the state it's in after the way the last three years have gone. His fault. If you really want to get down to it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's definitely uh, not, not his fault. I think people would say of, Mike Slive wouldn't have let that happen. Right. He's one of the five most culpable, culpable people, but that's neither here nor there. Ooh, that would be a fun list to make. Barney yeah, Farrar, ooh. Hugh Freeze, Greg Sankey. I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but here we are. Although it's, it's, it's probably simpler to go back and look. Cause why was, 
it's interesting the impact all this has had. Yeah. I mean, there's part there's part of me that says, who the hell cares anymore? Yeah, it, it's over now, but the, the rivalry is one of the lasting effects. Um, I, I think the good news is next year it should be significantly simmered down. Fitzgerald will be gone. Leo Lewis, I believe, will be gone. Uh, here's the here's so many the of the oldest players that got punished will be gone. You know they'll have more of a fresh slate. Go ahead. Here's the problem: it's in Starkville, mm-hmm. and it's on Thanksgiving night again. Frankly, I think state kind of. I think well, actually, I'm not even gonna say state now. Both schools mm-hmm. kind of like this is kind of their spotlight game now. Yeah, and it's ugly too. They, yeah, it's rough. And I have no the, idea. Ole Miss could easily have two or three wins at that point. Who knows? It's a rough schedule next year. Uh, let's 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 zoom out and talk big picture. So, yep. since the Sugar Bowl, five and seven, six and six, five and seven, the six and six and the five and seven the second time, both bowl banned. Um, so you ask yourself, you know, it's it's hard to you you can it's still a, it's a record you look at but you you ask yourself you know would it be different if the circumstances were different maybe one or two wins better potentially I, you know i think it's hard to say there's a lot of factors going on in football but that's that's 3 years of mediocrity following you know the peak of the freeze era how many yep. more are we looking at before there's any type of you know eight wins even on the table i think at least at least one more, just even being optimistic, next looking year, at the roster. Five and seven's a miracle next year. Yeah, five and seven means you won a couple of games that you were not favored in. You have to assume because we uh, talked about this in the past. Two of your four non-conference games at Memphis and Cal and Oxford, both losable games. Absolutely, if they're do, losing four out of five offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. You have I, a new quarterback. I like. I like. I like Corral. I, I think you think you, you're losing your top three receivers. If you had better personnel around Corral for him to step into a, a more fully formed offense, I think uh, he would do fine. But yeah, I think it's going to be rough without offensive line and new receivers. Uh, you bring back Scotty Phillips, presumably Isaiah Willard's a decent backup. Um, the offensive line is a huge question mark. I think you have good receivers. Obviously, going to be a drop off from Metcalf Lodge and AJ Brown. Uh, we should mention we talked in the past about how it wasn't totally known if Metcalf could come back or not next year, but he's now declared he's definitely going to the NFL draft. AJ Brown will be the same way. Um, so yeah, the offense is going to be completely new. The defense, I think, can get better next year. Honestly, I think the defense could have been better this year with better coaching. So assuming they make a, a decent to good hire which, you know, is a big assumption to make. But if they're able to pull someone that has some sort of wherewithal when it comes to defensive scheme, yep. I think they can do something with this personnel, make them a little bit better. But still, that that's a recipe right there for four wins, five so anyway, wins if anyway, you're pushing it. They're, they're four and eight, and three and nine wouldn't shock me. They're three and nine or four and eight. That's where I would put it. And – Five and seven means you beat Arkansas. I mean, you beat Cal and Memphis, which are tough games, and then you you beat like Arkansas. That's yeah. that's five and seven. Anything more than that, I feel like is uh, at this point very hard to predict without seeming a little a little Pollyanna-ish. Who's the sure. East opponent? Have we talked about this? I don't remember. Uh, it's Missouri. I think they go to okay. Como. Okay, so that's I mean that's that's not great, but it's a lot better than drawing Georgia or Florida. I yeah, Lock is. Yeah, they'll have a first-year quarterback. So yeah, so I mean, there's a there's a slight break there, but still, I I just the schedule is is brutal. Starting the season at the Liberty Bowl is just the dumbest shit I've ever heard, and I've said that on this I mean, show. They start at Memphis, Ugh. and then they go, and then they host Arkansas. Okay. If they go zero and two, 
Ooh, it could it could really snow. How ugly? How ugly is it? I mean, that's as ugly as it can get because because everybody, eh, nothing pisses off Ole Miss fans more than losing to Memphis. Right. Period. And and, there, and nothing is more likely when you're playing Memphis in a Liberty Bowl, especially to start the a Liberty season. Bowl. Norvell's a solid coach. It's going to be they're, huge. This, their Super Bowl. It's going to be a yep. hundred degrees in that dump stadium, yep. and I fully expect Memphis to win the game. Yeah, I, I think at this point they're the favorite for sure. So they're going to be zero and one coming back to Oxford. Arkansas comes into town, and Morris. Who's Arkansas going with? I'm presuming it's Morris's first conference game of the season. He's trying yeah, not yeah. to. They'll have a year. They might have. Ke- they may have Kelly Bryant as their starting quarterback. I think they'll be better for sure next year. I mean, it's hard to be worse than two and two. I think Arkansas is favored to win the game. Well, I don't know if they'll be favored. I think I think, Ar- I think Arkansas will recruit well in this period because they have to because they're gonna their boosters will pull out the stops to bring in some some JUCO guys and some freshmen that can play. They should they should go from two and ten to to four and four and eight five and seven without looking at their schedule next year and that means yeah they have Miss. Portland State so basically that's a that's a that's a cupcake game yeah. and then they've got Chad Morris is going to spend his whole off season getting ready for Ole Miss because yeah. he wants to go game period yep he felt like they should have won this year he thought that Ole Miss intentionally hurt his quarterback. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is 0-2 to start the season, yeah. and I think it's a complete shit show in Oxford after they start 0 The question is, does does the presumed three years that we thought Matt Luke got when he got hired to the full-time position, does does 3-9 and nine bring that down to 2 all of a sudden? I don't know. Do, do they stay the course? I have no idea. People were actually calling for Luke. This is kind of your question earlier yeah. in the show. What's the attitude? How bad is it? I mean, a, a lot of Ole Miss fans want Luke to be fired already. Like, I, I think, I think maybe more than half the people you see on social media uh, are already have already. I mean, it, they're Ole Miss fans. Let if Ole Miss starts two and zero next year, they're right back in the fold, and Matt Luke's their coach or whatever, whatever. But as of right now, morale is very low. Um, I will say, um, I think they close with some recruits. I mean, not a great recruiting class. If they could do as well as they did last year on recruiting especially at positions of need, I think the fan base will slowly start to kind of soften back up and that, you know, at least until you lose yeah, Memphis and Arkansas to start the year. Anything positive, they'll... they'll uh... Yep, and there's going to be staff changes. We already know the D.C., which is a big one. Um, the, 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 you know, a lot of a lot of people we knew didn't even think that he was going to have the guts to, to get rid of McGriff and eat that big contract, but at least that has happened. Uh, didn't really delay on that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Longo. I have no idea. He could be back. He could be coaching somewhere else. He, he cannot be back. I think there's a possibility. I kind of think I, I picked up the vibe at the press conference today from Luke that uh, there was a, a possibility. So we'll see. Um, I, think I haven't gonna seen be a, today press or anything notable come out of it. I don't really think so. No, there's going to be other staff changes. Um, people have said Bicknell might get an NFL job. I think Luke Maurice is Harris is still on the damn field. Ooh, let's hope not. It'll be interesting to see because Luke has worked with these guys alongside these guys for so long. It's going to be interesting to see if he can move some of these names that we've been talking about for so long is never getting rid of Derek Nix and Maurice Harris, all of that. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think those changes are going to come after signing day is at least the vibe that I'm getting right now. We'll see. Uh, they're going to have a new DC hired here in the next couple of weeks. I would assume because the early signing period is coming up in about three weeks. If I have my yep. calendar right, 
Um, so I think they're going to have to move quickly on DC at least. It's going to be another interesting test of, you know, Luke's Rolodex. Can he, can he pull, uh, you know, someone better than what Freeze did basically? Cause I mean, with the, with the two coordinator hires that Luke's had the last two years, Freeze could not get shit. That's why you have to pay a defensive backs coach from Auburn a million dollars. You have to go pull, uh, Longo from Sam Houston State. I don't. I mean, is working is, is joining this staff attractive right now? No. I don't necessarily think it is, but I think I, I do think that Luke can probably get better coaches than Freeze could have because he is less of a snake, at least in the eyes of the coaching community. I yeah, think he, but people he like need... Cutcliffe are associated with him. He can. He's more respected, I think. But it is going to be interesting to see what happens. I um, mean, you know, well, everybody's looking at this going. They're going to be zero two if they go zero. I think. Like I said, I think they go zero and two. If you maybe predict right now, yeah, they lose. They lose a close one to Arky, and frankly, I think Memphis kicks their ass. So I think I think they can fight for one and one. I think they can get one and one. But yeah, but if they, if they go zero and two, then this could very quickly become twenty eleven. Yep. And so I think for them to be able to make any type of actual hire in this offseason, they're going to have to provide. A, a multi-year contract to these people like a defensive coordinator offensive coordinator if you need to do that um and it's gonna it's gonna cost all this basically is what i'm saying because because like you said no one's gonna want to come somewhere where it seems like yeah you can only be there for a year and the whole staff gets overturned the problem the biggest problem is this team the best game this team played was its first game of the season yep it's because it's all. Uh, it was all Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones was the heart and soul of the team. Jalen Jones. Yep, that's that's it. Point. That's all. That's all we could have done. That's that was the whole season. No, I mean, I I think that was a combination of things. You know, you're hyped up for the first game. Uh, Texas Tech was had not really figured who they were yet, and still Texas Tech fired Kingsbury at the end of the year. It was a little surprising to me. I thought they were going to keep him again. Um, they made a change. They weren't happy with the with the season. Um, and just playing a Big Twelve defense, I think that was that was the difference. Yeah, but they but, they never looked that good again. That's for sure. Except maybe the maybe the first minute of the Alabama game when DK Metcalf scored that touchdown. That's about it. I think if they start zero two next year, Luke's gone. Luke is gone at the end of the year, barring some remarkable turnaround. Just because I think apathy is at an all time. So yeah, that's interesting prediction. Yeah. I guess like what it comes down to, they're going to have to give. Um, they're going to end up having to give multi-year deals. Yep, that's what I think. Yeah, it seems that. So way. they're going to. They're they're very likely about to repeat, put have themselves in the same predicament that they um, that they're in today. You're going to have to overpay. Frankly, probably overpay for coordinators. Yep. Just based perception of the program at this point. I mean, that's I, yeah, that's a given. Um, I would imagine it, the thing the thing to do is to the thing to really do is fire Luke, but they won't do it, and not not necessarily. Be, it, it's as much. Is it really fair to Luke if you do that? No, but. You're still stuck from a coordinate. You're going to end up. You're comprom- saying you're saying you should, he should have been fired right now. You're not. You're saying not even another year. Yeah, because you're compromised from a coordinator perspective. The only way to the only way to fix that is to change coaches. But here's here's the thing. We're talking about 
not being able to afford a multi-year deal for a coordinator. You really think they can afford to hire a real coach right now? It's going to be even worse when season tickets, you know, that many more season nah, tickets. I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think you go through next season, it, maybe it bottoms out, maybe it's mediocre, maybe Luke gets another year, it doesn't matter. No matter what, when you get rid of Luke, assuming you're ready to make a real hire, you know, the sanctions are gone, you've had Luke take the bullet after freeze and sop up whatever damage there is, I, th- I think ticket sales will bounce right back. They were, they, the Ole Miss fans will be ready for enthusiasm, be ready for a fresh start. Um, the question is, how, how long does the Luke though, mediocrity last? The other thing, the other part of where of why people are so negative is Bjork's still here and this administration that let the NCAA run over them. Yeah. And, well, the admin's out of control. I already mentioned it once, but, I mean, I, I personally am shocked that you had an assistant AD and Michael Thompson on the field trying to basically start a fight with the player. You know, Mike, yep. Mike if you're that, hearing this, you disagree, feel free to come on and explain your position. I I, I mean, I'm no expert in what happened, but that's how you're being painted stupid. on social media. What? Uh, incredibly stupid what they did. Yeah, but how do you not how do you not resign after that or get fired? I have no idea. The admin is, is completely compromised. I mean, I think Bjork should be gone before Luke, but we've talked about it in the past. Bjork's not going anywhere. Vitter's out. Bjork's going to get three years with the new guy. At least uh, they got to clean the whole house. They really do. It's not going to happen. Because this, because let me hypothetically, if if they go start zero and two, I think it's twenty eleven all over again. Now they recovered from twenty eleven probably quicker than they thought they would, right? Based in part because they cleaned house. Bjork was new, Freeze was new, and then they had the whole Kim Dichie recruiting thing. We can't. We all know the story at this point, but. Well, this, it, it I, I, I think they got to do the same thing, and if they wait another year, they're just wasting time. Frankly, you're, you're saying wait another year right now, or wait another year after next year. No, I'm saying do it now. I'm yeah, saying I'm that, saying. That, I just I think that's that ship has sailed. That's not happening. We all know that's not happening. Yeah, I guess it would be great, but we kind of have to live in this reality where Luke is going to be the head coach at least another year. Like it's, we all agree on that, right? I mean, it's that's yeah. not happening. I mean, let's be honest. Luke, Luke got the job. A, they needed a stopgap while the whole sanction things got it before yep. they all got announced. And B, he's and a good B, rebel. B, Vitter. Yep. I guess you know what? I guess the only reason to say wait wait a year is maybe get the chance. Hopefully, have the chancellor situation figured out at that point. Yeah. I guess just... the other problem with with hiring right now is you don't have. You have instability at the chancellor position. So you know what? That's the best – frankly, that's the best reason I can think of not to do anything right now. Hmm. Get that fixed. Because the reason Luke got hired is because Vitter got involved. Let's be frank. It was going to be Dave Doran. That's what I've been told, well, yeah. Yeah. How well, did he State end up this season? Yes. It, it doesn't matter. It, it, what matters is somebody new building something – building something that's not you know it's it's turning the page right now they have not turned the page really and everybody's just had it so yeah well it could be worse north carolina just hired uh mac brown so yeah that's depressing i mean that'd be like if Ole Miss went and hired Cutcliffe, we'd be like oh forget it um why does nc state play ecu this weekend uh, NC State West Virginia got um, canceled or something. Hurricane, uh, whatever hurricane yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. One of the hurricanes. 
Um, yeah, so things are things are fairly bleak on the football front. I mean, there is at least, like I said, a lot to talk about. The Egg Bowl was full of uh, interesting uh, storylines for sure. Um, state fans, state fans got their guy, man. They got a guy that can beat Ole Miss. That, or the worst thing out of that whole damn and talk uh, shit about him what? evening was uh, Joe Moorhead's a true dog now. Exactly. So now he's he, they got him for life, and uh, and their defense is like good on paper and everything. So like Bob Shoops, their their greatest coordinator of all time, give him a big raise. Uh, don't mention you know the roster that neither one of them recruited to state it was kind of the whole piece of the puzzle there. But you know what it is what it is. He did a good job. Um, hey. They did okay. They did good. They had a good season, eight and four. You know, for, for losing to Kentucky and Florida, you did not predict them to have as good of a season as they had. I would say. I think after that, they were definitely down. Yeah, I mean, they were right there competitive. I mean, frankly, they played Alabama. Played Alabama well, well second year in a row. Um, LSU wasn't really close. Uh, the Kentucky game wasn't close. Florida was pretty close. So there you go. Um, you know, you beat Auburn. I don't know how much that is worth. Uh, beating Jimbo Fisher is always good. Being Arkansas at Ole Miss doesn't really count for anything. Um, so I think there's definitely work to do for Moorhead. Uh, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Some Ole Miss fans, I think, want to believe that if Franklin goes to work at USC, maybe they would come for Moorhead. I think they would go for a bigger name, but who knows. Yeah, um, but Franklin's, uh, well, USC's keeping Clay Helton, which is. Moorhead could be really good uh, if he gets like a quarterback in that can actually play quarterback, you know, which I think Moorhead he's going to try to do. I mean, just based off his play. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is still the question I had when he got hired is how's he going to recruit, you know, those the the huge defensive linemen yeah. out of Mississippi that kind of make up the bread and butter of state. Their linebackers. Hey, Moorhead has a – I'm sure he's going to have a transition year next year, but he's going to beat he's going to beat Ole Miss at the end of the year to where they yeah, say – Yeah, that's okay. really all that matters when you have that job. I mean, that's your whole job security right there. He's got job security based off that alone, so oh, – He's got job security based just off this year for at least two more years. I mean, he, he embarrassed Ole yeah, Miss in Oxford. They played Baby Shark. Dude, no, you have you, – hey, you defer to me sometimes. This is when you should defer to me is how safe – Moorhead is after beating Ole Miss in Oxford thirty-five to three, and like he he took AJ Brown's touchdown off the board. These, are, these things last for years. Three and eight Ole Miss team next year. A lot of that goes away. A lot of it I goes mean, away, but not. But he still has job security for a while. Like it, yeah. he's 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 their guy now. You know he's their he's their big guy. So yeah, you, you love to see that. Um, you know, follow MSU POTUS on Twitter for some uh some unfiltered Moorhead news. You know, no bias at all in, in those tweets. Just. God's honest truth. Have Ross and his tricycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What are we? What are we forgetting from the end of Ole Miss football? We kind of talked about the whole season here. Wanted he to, wrote the notes before this. I'm, I'm going to run through it. Wanted this to kind of thirty thousand foot view it for an episode in three years. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, proud of uh, you, dude. I still never have. Pretty much everything. I tell you, the defensive coordinator prospect list is nothing to jump up and down about at this point. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the most exciting I mean, guy, the Appalachian State guy? They need to get, go hire somebody I haven't heard of. I don't want to hear Kane. I mean, Kane Womack may be the best coach on there, but we don't need we don't need a good old we don't need a legacy name. Yep. This is not Sigma New. This is <laughs> twenty nineteen almost football. Which maybe it is Sigma New. Yeah, it's not that 20, different at this point. I tell you, twenty nine. 
September, the evening of September 7th next year is going to be, that's after the Archie game. That is, mm-hmm. I think, going to be interesting. And the flip side is, if they're 2-0, and they're still probably going to have a bad season because those are two of the easiest games on the schedule outside of your two non-conference that aren't Cal. Yeah, but it it at least calms everybody. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Was Matt Luke in a fraternity? I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to figure this out. He, there is an article but, in the base, Sigma New thing that mentions base him. Based purely off geography, you would think Cap Yeah, you would think, yeah. Oh, yeah, you would think, yeah. Okay, oh. yeah. Let's see. Who the hell knows? I could see. I'm looking at I'm looking at this article on the org. Surely they wouldn't write this if he wasn't in Sigma Nu, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Amidst it, and that's what Eli was a Sigma Nu too, right? It said yeah. amidst amidst his on-field accomplishments, he also found a home at Epsilon Xi, Mississippi chapter. He said, "I had several close friends and an uncle that were Sigma Nu's. It was a great outlet yeah. for me. It was away from so, me to get away oh, from Will for a little hiring. while." Retread legacies. Yep. Oh, yep. So you said this, this isn't Sigma New, it's Ole Miss football. Well, that's that's where you're wrong. That's where you're this, wrong. This is Sigma New. Okay. It, it's Sigma well, New. Hey, yeah. I'm glad we figured this out. Yeah. Here. This Thank God. Yeah. All right. We did our job for the night. Yeah. We. That's our scoop. That's the, the Lancers After Dark scoop. That, Let's uh, talk about basketball. The hell with Matt, Matt Luke is a legacy. Yeah. Before we do that, should we go through these conference championships real quick? I, I can pull the lines up. Yeah. Okay, let's do that, and then we're going to talk about Kermit Davis. And While the, you're pulling uh, up lines, yeah. Jim Harbaugh got cucked so hard by Urban Meyer. Oh, we got to talk about that, yeah. His ass kicked. You know, I had actually gotten to the point where I was looking forward to Shea winning the Big Ten so Nick Saban could just boat race him, but then Urban Meyer boat raced him for me. So I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holy um, shit. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a rough day for Shea. Now hell did they give up 62 points days for Shay's daddy yeah so it's really not i didn't watch the game it's really not on the offense right that sounds like michigan's defense just completely didn't show up the number one defense in the country got completely embarrassed Oof. i mean but the number one defense in the country is state baby come on well the previous number one defense in the country top five defense uh-huh. in the country 62 points against the rival who they that's, hadn't beaten. That's rough. Is, uh, is everyone going to make the playoffs now? Uh, Is it them or Oklahoma? I don't know. I think it depends on how they look this weekend, frankly. Yeah, so, th- so I got the lines up now. So we're going to start with the Pac-12 championship game. Utah versus uh, was Washington. Uh, the Huskies are minus six. They should win. I don't know if they'll cover. I'm not convinced they win. Browning's up and down, got benched at one point. I mean, hmm. I don't know. I feel obligated to hope hope Washington wins in honor of Neil McMillan. That's right. But That's right. I really have no idea. Um, here's an interesting one for a favorite of the podcast, Bill Clark. You got UAB versus Middle Tennessee State for the CUSA championship. Middle Tennessee is favored by one and a half. Uh, you got to hope Bill Clark wins that one, huh? Speaking yeah, of opponents, what? opponents for next year, Memphis versus the last year's national champion, Central Florida. The UCF is minus three. I would bet on UCF. I think there. 
they scored points after the horrific. Uh, yeah, right. They, you're right. You're right. Their quarterback is out. It'll probably be a bigger line if they saw their QB. I forgot about that. But points. I think they rally around. The, I think they right. rally back that Milton got hurt, mm-hmm. and I think they squeak out a win over Memphis. Are they, they're still undefeated. Yeah. Uh, yes, they're eighth in the country. So I mean, yeah, they have a chance to win the next two games and have back-to-back undefeated seasons. That's something to play for for sure. They just got to figure out that QB position. Yeah. Uh, Texas versus Oklahoma for the Big Tech 12 championship. Oklahoma minus seven and a half. I think Texas could cover that for sure, right? Yeah, I mean Texas beat them in the regular season. Right. right. Um, if you want to get saucy on my book, you got the Texas money line plus two fifty. That's actually pretty appealing. I know. Something to think about there. I think. I think Oklahoma avenges that. What's going to be interesting is, let's say Oklahoma wins that game by three, avenges the loss, or a one-score game. Mm -hmm. And then let's say Ohio State just crushes Northwestern 48-7. to Right. Who do you pick out of those two? Who do you put in? Because, I mean, Ohio State's hotter. Because obviously, so we were just talking about this before the show, the top four for the playoff right now, Alabama, Georgia, obviously only one of those is getting in. Notre, Notre Dame Clemson. So that spot that is left by presumably Georgia after Alabama beats them, uh, is that going to be Oklahoma or is it going to be uh, Ohio it's State? It's Oklahoma, Ohio State? State. It could be Georgia or somebody else if both Oklahoma and Ohio State lose. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, which be, frankly, yeah. I think North. I think Northwestern. Northwestern, I think, is more alive than people think, but. I think they would have had a much better chance. Yeah, we're going to end up with Alabama versus Clemson in the national championship game again. Diversity. Ugh, yuck. Terrible. Um, terrible deal. That's terrible. Um, so, talking about the SC championship in Atlanta. So, Georgia's doing a little bit better than Auburn did. I don't know if you saw the Iron Bowl. It was like 24 points spread or something. Just completely destroyed. <laughs> and Alabama covered. Uh, but so Georgia is plus 13 and a half, still a huge line for a conference championship between two powerhouse teams. Um, I, Alabama should cover that. Right? I don't think Georgia's is good this year. I think, um, I think Alabama covers that pretty easy. Frankly, we'll see. I, I was seeing some advanced stats that were saying Georgia was a clear number two team in the country from a statistical standpoint. So it should be, should be good to see them play each other at least in, who have they really beat this year? The one like legit hard game they've had was to go to Death Valley, and, and they didn't they lost. Go. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, Florida's a good win this year. Didn't they play somebody big in the non-conference? Uh, who did they play? They had to play somebody. I'm checking real quick. Oh, Georgia Tech. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's they, that's that's the worst. The most they played. Okay, never mind. They do like a kickoff game. No, no, no. Played. They beat Oklahoma. No, that was last year. Wait, why is it showing last year's games? I'm so good. Wait, what? Okay, Google, you you failed me. You have failed me. Um, yeah, I guess they didn't. My, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear my Google talk? Google lying. Google Home just talked. That was fun. Uh, yeah, they beat Florida. They beat Kentucky. They beat Auburn. Meh. Yeah, not that. Not that crazy. They hadn't really beaten anybody like elite. Yeah, you're right. So Alabama should should crush them. I have to. And what we saw, I mean, it was 17-14 at the half of the Iron Bowl. It was a game. And then they just – but then Alabama was like, okay, and just beat the crap out of them in the second half. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous what they can do this season when they turn it on. Um, 
moving along uh acc championship clemson minus 25 or 26 and a half versus pitt no idea doesn't really matter clemson will win easily uh, Pitt beat a couple of years ago, and Narduzzi's typically oh, Narduzzi pulls out. If Pitt, if Pitt won and saved us from another Clemson Alabama rematch in the title, that would be great. I would love Pitt forever. I already talked I about. Go ahead. Still in? Is they what? lose? I don't. I don't think so. Losing to when you're favored by twenty six and a half, and, and how do you how do you keep uh, Ohio State or Oklahoma out over them in the situation? But they're all one loss at that point. I mean, Ohio State lost by twenty nine. I think there's still a recency bias. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That, that, that's the problem. Let's say Oklahoma avenges their loss. Ohio State looks like the best team, you know, second best team in the country this weekend. Uh-huh. They still, if you look at the totality of the resume, Oklahoma, well, who, that's hard to pick. Well, what's sad is that they're going to, I don't know when the Purdue game was, but I know they're going to make the excuse that, you know, it was all about the Clemson scandal. went to A&M and won. So, yeah, that's a good one. But the, right now, there's only two ranked wins on their schedule: NC State and BC. So Wait, no, but that, didn't, didn't Clemson lose to Syracuse or no? They they ended up winning that game. Is Clemson still uh, undefeated? Yeah, the third stringer came in and bailed them out. So yeah, they won. yeah, yeah. So they are that was still undefeated. Now the argument would be since they've got Lawrence firmly established, they beat the shit out of people. Right. I mean, frankly, they're going to go out there and beat the crap out of Pitt. This is a non-discussion. Yep, yep. That's and right. eight, actually, I said that eight. This is showing when they were played. I mean, A and M's been pretty good, so that's a decent yeah, road win. Except when they almost lost to Ole Miss. Um, yeah. Northwestern versus Ohio State. Ohio State minus fourteen and a half. Uh, they sounds like they should cover that. Yeah, and I think here, Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins big. I think the whole Oklahoma, Texas debates going to be real interesting. Yeah, um, and then here are some of those East Coast canceled games that you had East Carolina, North Carolina State, Marshall, Virginia Tech, Akron, South Carolina, Stanford versus California. That's kind of it's kind of a letdown. Like for South Carolina, you, you know, conference championship weekend, you're playing Akron. Like who really gets that excited to go to that game? That's just that's kind of hey, a, it's kind of a bummer. Seventh win and must champ, blah 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 blah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they're, I think that should be a safe one. Yeah. All right, so we can move on now. I'm headed over to our favorite site, Warren Nolan. We're gonna look at some uh, some college basketball. Ole Miss is three and two. Uh, the good news is the two losses were two top forty teams uh, at Butler, and then losing to Cincinnati in the championship game of the Emerald Coast Classic. Wasn't Baylor. they beat Baylor? Yeah. Yeah. What What are they in the uh... Baylor is in the top fifty. Hold on, I'm trying to pull up the RPI right now. Um. Uh yeah, let's see. Okay, I got I got Warren Nolan's RPI up. What am I looking for here? Okay, Butler's thirty-seven in this. Ole Miss fifty-four. Cincinnati seventy-three. So this I, I think this RPI is kind of whack right now. What am I? Who's whose rankings am I looking for? Is it not Warren Nolan? Am I thinking well, of a different it, side? Too early to be looking at RPI. It really doesn't mean shit. There was someone. Okay, all right. Well, sorry. I'll try to figure out what I was talking about. But uh, I mean, yeah. maybe they look like a seven, a competitive seven and eleven, eight and ten conference team, as and opposed the, to like four and fourteen. Dud. The problem. The problem is that 
the conference is supposed to be really good this year. If in, uh, in, a, in a normal year, I think they would be even better than that because they they do look like they're playing pretty good. Yeah, but if they play hard every game, they'll win seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm excited about it for sure. Um, oh, th- this is my problem. I'm looking at Warren Nolan. I meant to be looking at Kim Palm. Sorry. This is the the two guys' names. You know, they get confusing. So the Kim Palm rate, uh, the Kim Palm rankings are still are better at this point in the season. Um, that has Baylor at fifty five. Um, Cincinnati is thirty nine in that, so that's one loss. And then Butler is twenty six. So yep. you lose at number twenty six Butler. You lose Cincinnati on neutral court. Both good losses. I was saying to you before the show, their biggest weakness right now is definitely size. Um, they're, 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 they have strong guard play. Um, you don't really have great options down low. Bruce Stevens is not a very physical guy. Uh, Dominic Olenicek is, is pretty bad. Honestly, he just has some size. I mean, you, have guys, you have guys like KJ Buffin, uh, and, uh, and Henson, I forgot his first name, but the, the, these are freshmen that are going to be really good. I think Buffin especially could be a really good, uh, down low player, whether it's a forward or a, or a center, um, and then Henson is, is good. He can shoot some. He's kind of your stretch four, I believe. Uh, excuse me if I'm, if I'm messing up the basketball terminology. But he's not there yet with his big guys. They're going to play hard. They're going to try it. I think against a team like Cincinnati where they, they don't shoot threes. It's completely out physical. You almost had a ton of fouls called against them. Um, weren't able to really stop the big guys. It was tied at one point early in the second half. But after that, uh, Cincinnati just completely ran away with it. But still, they, they played hard the whole time. Um, I thought what's really interesting is they beat Baylor and then that Cincinnati game, they hung around a little bit. That's happening pretty much without anything from Terrence Davis. So if they can keep the same defensive performance going, um, it, they're fun to watch on defense. They, they'll they they'll stifle the team. Uh, they'll change it up some. They'll play man-to-man. They'll play that 1-3-1 zone that Kermit is apparently even better at than Kennedy was. Though the Kennedy was kind of known for running it will miss as well. Um, and, uh, the defense is encouraging on offense. They try to pass the ball a lot. Uh, I guess the point I was trying to make is I want to see this offense with Schuler and Tyree having good games. And then Terrence Davis just popping off like I know he can. I mean, he scored 30 in that loss at Butler. Um, he's, he's a, he's a very good player, a little streaky, but, uh, I, I think that they could, they could maybe, you know, pull off some upsets. They're going to have lots of chances like in the, uh, in the SEC this year. Like I said, that you have. Tennessee is like a, a top 10 team right now, obviously Kentucky. Um, and then you have other really good teams like Mississippi state, Auburn. Uh, I think Arkansas is good. Um, uh, but we're going to, we're going to play a lot of good teams. I have to look at the schedule to see who Ole Miss is going to get. Uh, I can't remember since last time we looked at it, but I think they could, if they get a big day out of Terrence Davis and play good defense, they, they could, they could win some games. It'll be exciting to watch. So you, you were saying what, uh, Eight and ten is that what you said? Yep, I think that would be good. That would be a good outcome for sure, especially for our 11. first season. Uh, I'll say seven eleven. Okay, so a, but I think it's a it's a uh, it's very respectable. It's an interesting seven eleven that said that makes say you know what they're they're making progress. A couple yeah. players, and they should bring in some some uh, good recruits. The signing class was good. Uh, it's like a top twenty five signing class. Um, I think there's definitely optimism of the big three sports. I think there might be the most optimism right now. In basketball. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess credit where credit's due. We were talking about this before the show. Are, as well. are we even going to cover baseball until Memorial Day? Well, me personally, you know, I'm one of the people that's that's buying on this team early. 
Um, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. Let's throw out the record books. They have a great roster on paper. I know it's about being clutch. I know it's about the end of the season. But if you look at what they're bringing back, they're going to be good. They're going to win 50 games. 50? Yeah, dude, yeah. 100%. You're going to go 50 and 6. Uh, no, including like all the tournaments and stuff. They'll get there. You mean like 40? I mean, 40 is kind of the... How mark. many games they won this year? Forty-seven or something. They won. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking just regular season. Right, right, right. So I was. I was just going off of their total from this were, year. Let me see. Let me see. What were they? Forty-three, forty-four. I mean, I think they had the most regular season wins. Right. That's what I was trying to remember. Um. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me if I well I get that record wrong. Yeah, whatever. Not 50 games. However many games I'm trying to say. They're going to win a lot of regular season games is my point. Similar to what they, they won last they year. Gonna be, are they going to host? I think they should host. I mean, with the roster they have, yeah, I think they should host. They're going to have a national seed? Mm, it's possible. I think it's very possible. Kind of depends on how their pitching plays out. I mean, Rawls I don't know how much a... it matters. I, I, I honestly, I don't know if hosting's even a good thing for them. We talked about it in the past. Maybe they go be a two, and it works out better for them with all the anxiety they have. But and, I think they, there'd be some pissed off fans if they were just a two. They're gonna be good enough that they will host, unless they completely change. You know what they did last season. They have all those guys back. They even have they have Olenek back. They have the core of Kessinger, Dillard. Uh, you have Servideo, second base. You have uh, Kabowski at, at, at first. So, Zabowski, excuse me. Uh, I, the guys are back. You have uh, What's-His-Face as a sophomore, Keenan at third base. I mean, you, you have these guys that played really well last season. I think they're going to be good the regular season. Obviously, the, the debate about are they going to be able to get over the hump in the postseason, impossible to predict. It's so much about attitude and, you know, how they feel going into those games. But, you know, I think they could do it. I think they could end up in Omaha next year just off paper. Uh, they're they're going to have really good players. They're going to have good pitching. They brought in a lot of new guys that I think are going to be good, so we'll see. I mean, hell, they might have a freshman that's batting and pitching, the the kid that turned down the first round to come to Ole Miss. So should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be fun. So I guess to answer your question, I would like to talk about it, but, of course, every time we talk about it, we're going to have to preface it with, it doesn't matter until they do something in the postseason, which is. And I was I was being facetious, but I know, but it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, go, so right. back going back to these basketball rankings, I was talking about the SEC teams. Uh, Auburn's at number eight, Tennessee at number ten, uh, Kentucky at nineteen, Mississippi State at twenty eight. Um, so I, I think the league is going to be really tough. Florida at thirty. Um, LSU at forty seven. So. I think that's kind of one of the bigger obstacles for Kermit. I think in one of those weak Kennedy years, you know, where he won 20 games so many times, he, he, he can win 10 in the SEC. It's just not – the SEC is a very different league now than it used to be. Yep. Um, hmm, what else? What else should we talk about, John? It's all the old Miss stuff. Yeah. They, I mean, I just want to say done, very happy that old Miss football is over. Let's all just rejoice. Just enjoy – not having to watch that team anymore. <laughs> Worthy of celebration. I mean, what's the next notable event? I guess uh, uh, just, December signing period. Yeah, December signing, and I think before then they'll hire a DC. I mean, that'll be that'll be stuff to talk about for 10 or 15 minutes or whatever. But for the most part, it's kind of back to the merciful offseason uh, after 
a five and seven that felt like even more of a beatdown than five and seven. Honestly, yeah, they could have easily lost that Arkansas game, and they really could have lost like one of those crazy non-conference games they were doing so poorly. Like, uh, what was that? SIU or something like that. They, it, it could have been worse, but still, five and seven was, ooh, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, let's see. We talked. Uh, we were talking about MLB stuff before the, we started the show. Obviously, offseason there as well. Free agent intrigue is pretty much the only thing we could talk about. Um, NBA, haven't watched really. I've already said that I'm excited about the Saints this year. I want the Saints to win the Super Bowl. That would be tight. Um, yeah, I don't know. Counting, I, counting votes in this Mississippi. Right, race. yeah, it's 7.30 as we record this here on uh, Tuesday, November the 27th. Yeah, it's it's a little early, but it's, it's soon Cindy Hyde Cindy Hyde Smith will be confirmed as uh, the senator of Mississippi for the next six years. I have to assume, um, but obviously that is a big story here in Mississippi, where I am recording this from. Uh, I voted, so I did my part. Yep. That's about it. That's about all that's going on. Um, kind of a. Uh, just a low right now. It's just gonna be basketball, which I'm excited about. Uh, it's, it's like I said, if you haven't watched this team, I think you should check it out. The Baylor game was super fun. Um, it was a good, hard-fought win where, like I said, Terrence Davis really didn't give you anything, and the team rallied together to make it happen. Brian Tyree had a huge game, uh, and then Schuler is is leading the SEC in minutes played. He's he's really doing well. Um, so, so check those guys out. Just for the defense and the guard play alone, it's pretty good. I, I'm a little worried. I think when they bog down. It's it's gonna probably be the offense not being able to get anything going against good defenses, um, which Cincinnati did have a good defense, and uh, they're they're dependent on those guards just having big games because they can't do a ton of our stuff. I mean they're good passers they can they can get some some good assists down low to guys like Bruce Stevens and I mentioned KJ Buffum briefly but I'm really excited about him. I mean he's he's a great rebounder. I was I was really impressed by the rebounding especially against Baylor. Um, so I, I think they're playing good fundamental basketball. Check them out. They play. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, uh, whenever you're listening to this, uh, they're coming to Jackson in a couple of weeks to play in the Coliseum. I might have to try to get out for that. I think it's like on a, on a Wednesday night as well. So going to have to get my tickets and go uh, hang out in the Coliseum, watch Kermit. It's been a while. It's been a while since Ole Miss played in Jackson. Yeah, I think it's probably a good move from a – yeah, I mean he's a Mississippi guy. He knows he knows about you know getting all the the local fan base into it and all that. So I think he's gonna do good on that front as well. Yeah, Here, here's a 180 degree. All right, top, or maybe 180, but mm-hmm. sports gambling. I mean everybody got all excited when it first got passed and opening weekend down on the coast. It seems like that's really nobody's. It feels like it's just business as usual now on that front. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, but the thing is, I don't know if we would hear about it cuz I mean, I think sports gambling already is kind of a dark dark money type enterprise. Like who really knows where the vast majority of the money is coming in on these bets, right? You're talking about rich guys and sharps and all kinds of stuff that's not necessarily publicly talked about if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I'm sure they love to have all the the people, the casual bettors that went down there first weekend and place bets and all that, but I think the industry is fueled more by I mean, I wouldn't say addicts, but I'm also not not going to say that. People that, you know, they're going to be there every week, and I don't know if it's really going to get covered is my point. Yeah. So, I don't know. They could be doing really well. I feel like we have to talk to somebody at one of the sports books. Maybe we can uh, get Bebel on the case. Bebel will go <laughs> hang out at a sports book and make a friend. 
Exactly. Get them on the show. We want to hear about it. So I was looking at my credit card statement, Mm -hmm. and I've been hit. Apparently, I forgot to cancel my Spirit subscription. Oh, wow. I'm about to go in and cancel this. The front page of the Spirit, which I haven't looked at in months, there's five stories visible here. Three of them are just Luke Truther stories. The real Matt Luke surfaces. Luke addresses... Oh, because he he was like mad at his press conference or something? Is that their point? fiery message to Ole Miss fan base. We will win here. It's like, my God. Oh, man. You know, honestly, you feel bad for Luke because he knows what he has to say. He's saying the right stuff, but it's just like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry this is what you... This is your first head coaching job, man. That sucks. Like, this is a bummer. Because it's not... We Spoiler alert. We're not going to win here, I don't think. I, I don't see that happening. Um, but you know, life goes on. Like I said, we're going to keep an eye on that defensive coordinator hire and keep an eye on that early signing period coming up. Uh, just because, I mean, you know, that's, those are the next two things that are on Luke's plate to try to get the fan base even back mildly engaged and, and kind of the game within the game of ticket sales and boosters and all that stuff. Um, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have victories on that front as well. It can't just be on the field if you're trying to build a program. So that stuff's going to be important. Um, yeah, that's we're, we're going to call it there for this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, already said, very glad football is over. Moving on to basketball, and then we'll have baseball here in a few months. But uh, not going to be a super, super active period. So, you know, we'll be watching those conference championship games. Playoff coming up in just a little while. Bowl season. Once again, Ole Miss uh, kind of mercifully not, not going to be involved. We just get to close the... Close the book on this season um, very happily for me. But, hey, the sanctions are over. The bull band's over. Uh, you know, one of these days we'll, we'll get a rebuild going. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going to ha- start happening this offseason. We'll find out. Um, you know, if you like the show, you've said it a million times here before, but it would it would help us out if you head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, write a, write a little nice message in there. That would be great. Um, and, and use my book and use our code shark 25. That would help us out as well. Um, but for now, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at sharks, FTR dark. You can email us at gmail.com, all that stuff. But John, it was good to have you back, man. Glad you're, uh, back home safe for a little while. Got to spend some time with your family. Had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, it was fun talking to you, dude. But for now, uh, for John, I'm Justin and we'll talk to you guys again uh, next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.